We're live. My guest today is Théo Bellier. He is the CTO of OKP4, their protocol providing governance infrastructure for off-chain digital resources. In today's conversation, we're going to discuss what is the OKP4 protocol and how it works under the hood. We'll talk about data spaces and how they can be used in applications. We'll discuss the no token and how it's leveraged in the protocol. We'll also talk about the fact they're building on the Cosmos SDK, the roadmap, and so much more. I'm also dying to find out why he thinks the purpose of blockchains isn't payment, but coordination. Before we get started, make sure to hit the like button, hit the notification bell, and subscribe to get notified when I go live every week. And remember that none of what we discuss here on The Interop is investment advice. And if you enjoy this content, please consider staking with us. We're validating on Avmos, Quicksilver, Osmosis, and Juno. Just look for Interop in the active set. And I hope you book your flights for Paris this summer for Nebular Summit. It's happening on July 24th and 25th. It's two days of technical talks about Cosmos, IBC, the Ender Chain, and so much more. No suits, no panels, no bullshit, just tech talks. And the second batch of early bird tickets just went up. So go to nebular.builders for more information and to get your tickets. My guest, Theo, is coming up next, right here on The Interrupt. Theo, hi. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, as a French project building on Cosmos, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of a rite of passage to come here on, on the Interop. Um, so tell me a bit about your background and how you got involved with OKP4. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So maybe to, to start, I'm not the CTO. I don't want to, to, to take the credit for that. Uh, oh, CTO is, is Chris, <laughs> no problem at all. <laughs> I'm head of ecosystem. So maybe to, for my background. Um, so I started in, in finance a little bit and, and then studied uh, agronomy, so life science engineering applied to agriculture. Um, and when I studied uh, this, uh, this, this domain, I started to, to get across very, very complex problems. You know, when you, when you think of, of agriculture, you think of, for example, fertilizers, of world trade. And world trade, you you get into the politics, into the the financial side of it, of the of the agreements and and the money system, and it led me to to Bitcoin, and and then later on to to Ethereum in uh, around 2019 when the first applications came out in in, in Ethereum. That was when I, I started to get really involved in uh, in the crypto world, um, and so I joined uh, OKP4 uh, in uh, 2020. Uh, in the in the founding team, so since then I'm I'm fully involved in that uh, in that ecosystem. Great. Uh, maybe it's because every time we talk, we always have sort of technical conversations about it before. I just assumed that <laughs> that you were the CEO, but never bothered to ask or CTO, but never bothered to ask. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about you know what is OKP4 and you know, give us a brief introduction as to what it is and what its mission is and you know, how would you describe it to someone who's learning about it for the first time? Yeah, so to describe it uh, very briefly and then we'll, we'll dive into the details, but OKP4 is a, is a governance infrastructure for off-chain resources. So any resources like data sets, like algorithms, uh, like storage resources, computation resources, I mean, anything that is off-chain and that is digital. Um, it's a blockchain built on the Cosmos SDK. Uh, 
so the blockchain is specifically designed to uh, define on-chain rules and to share any resources uh, according to the rules that you define on-chain. And that enables, we'll dive into the details, but that enables to create applications based on all the resources that are shared by the participants. And so you don't have to rely on a like a one central uh, piece of infrastructure uh, to do that. You can leverage data algorithms that are shared by hundreds thousands of, of participants. And so the projects, um, yeah, okay, before started really with the, with the use cases uh, around 2019. Um, and then we decided to build the technology uh, on Cosmos, the technology to remove the company as an intermediary uh, and to create the right infrastructure for these kind of use cases. Um, so that's uh, that's the bit of the background. Uh, the 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 context of it. Let's say one of the first applications that we created are around data sharing. Um, maybe to give some context, there is data everywhere. Um, data. If you add some context, you have information, and if you add interpretation to that information, you can have knowledge. And for example, I say 12, 12 is data, uh, 12 degrees can be an information and put a jacket is knowledge. So you have this whole process uh, and there is a strong need for knowledge in our world. Uh, I mean, knowledge is, is infinite. Knowledge, it has a lot of value. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, today we, we can't solve cancer because we don't know how. Uh, we can't grow food in the, in the desert because we don't know how. Um, we don't do nuclear fusion because we don't we don't know how. It's all about knowledge, and this is the value um, that can be derived from from knowledge is infinite, and that's usually the limiting factor for uh, a lot of problem solving in our world. Uh, and we really believe that blockchain has something to do with that. Uh, not only the decentralized infrastructure for for storage or, com or computation, but really the, the orchestration of, of all of it and the sharing of that. So you're, you, you told me that your hot take was that uh, blockchains are, are not best suited for, for payments, or at least that shouldn't be their main use case, but, but more so for coordination. Can you unpack that? And you know, how does it relate to OKP4 and what you guys are building? Yeah, so it's, it's a big thing. I mean, to, today, uh, Today, let's say most of the use cases of blockchain uh, resolves about uh, DeFi or NFTs or just payments. Um, and this is, uh, this is uh, like just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, I think what crypto and what blockchain is all about is really the, the real world coordination. Um, let's say that the blockchain, its role is to enforce rules and the token, its role is, is to is to create the incentives to, to bootstrap the network and to, to bootstrap the, 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 the coordination mechanism between, between the people uh, and the companies. And so the, the, let's say the, the, a blockchain is like a minimally extractive coordination mechanism or infrastructure uh, that enables people, companies to, to contribute uh, and align themselves according to the rules that are defined on chain, according to the source of truth that is defined on chain. Um, and this is, uh, I mean, this is the, the, the key component uh, is you need to interact with the off-chain world, with the real world to 
leverage the whole potential of, of blockchain of the blockchain technology. And I mean, at OKP4, we really focused on let's create the right infrastructure for governance of any off-chain uh, of chain resources, uh, especially the data sets uh, that uh, that uh, are acquired through many things like uh, IoT or existing systems or or whatever. Uh, but let's build the right infrastructure to enable people to coordinate themselves uh, with each other, utilizing the different data sets uh, and algorithms shared by participants. So let's dissect this whole data space uh, concept that that you guys are are putting forth with this protocol. So that's one of the key concepts is data spaces. Can you elaborate on what it is and give us an example of how they could be used? Yeah, so one of the yeah one of the key concepts um, is so we we started to 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 talk about data spaces because it's a, it's a term that is very common in Europe, uh, but we are switching because it's it's very connoted in in some environments. Uh, so we we switched to 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 talk about the zones. So let's let's dive a little bit about about what we do. Um, other the, connotations to zones are, are also confusing. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely definitely uh, we we don't want to 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 take the light out of the of the zone concept in cosmos but that's uh, that's very different so that's why it, it may not be confusing um, but the 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 zone is a, uh, it's a, it's a it's a set of rules basically it's a governance uh, that enables uh, to 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 yeah just defining the rules in which your resources can be shared. So um, it's, uh, for example, the access rights, uh, the business models, uh, whatever rules you want. So we are in the blockchain, we designed a, a module that is a, the logic module, uh, and that enables to define and interpret uh, any kind of rules. Um, and so this is designed to, to, to share uh, and, and yeah, to, to, to make sure that the rules are understandable by uh, the, the different uh, computers, so the validators, uh, and that they are enforced in the in the protocol. Um, and so, within that zone, you have any resources that that can be shared. Uh, I mean, it's not really within because some resources can be in in many zones at the same time, and some zones can be overlapping because it's just rules. Um, but this is the, the the key component: is that you can define any rules, and you can define any mechanisms to change the rules. Like a zone can have its custom token. It can be kind of centralized with only one actor uh, doing all the all the, the governance and that can change the rules. So that can be suitable for companies, for example, or it can be consortiums like many, many users or, or, or companies that can design, uh, that can choose if they want to change the rules. So, so, so is the idea here to create like a supply chain around data or or just to provide the data because a, a lot of I think projects that have tried to create governance around data or data marketplaces and there's been like some examples over the years and they, the the idea was to create a supply chain about how the data uh, was created. So for example, you might have like an IoT device out on a field and you want to know how much rainwater is is falling there or like how much pesticides being used or I don't know what, like I'm, I'm not very well versed in agriculture, but there, you know, there's some like data produced and we want to know how. And so we, 
you know, there were some, um, some attempts previously to have IOT devices sign that data. And then that would enter like this sort of data pipeline, right? This data supply chain. And then at the end you have the data point. And is that part of the idea here or are we, or is it something else at play? Yeah. So let's, let's talk about what OKP4 is not. So, Okay, before it's not uh, a data marketplace. So it's not somewhere you can you can say, uh, here is my data, here is here is a specific price, and here you can buy it if you want, and you transfer it to a buyer. Uh, so it's not that. It can enable that, but it's not that. Uh, it's not a, a data broker that would just sell the data and compile it, and and, and we don't have anything to do with that. Uh, it's not a storage layer. It's not a computation layer. Uh, it's not a, a data availability layer. It's a scaling solution. So it's not all of that. Uh, what it is is the it's uh, it's the governance infrastructure uh, to apply rules to uh, to of chain resources. So to let's say to to maybe you can you can uh, I mean regarding the 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 example you gave in in agriculture. Uh, I mean that's a, that's a huge field. But what what's uh, What's interesting is that there there are many many existing data sets all around the world uh, for for specific things. For example, uh, people around the world uh, have uh, data about their fertilizing practices. Uh, so that's something that exists, and usually that is not shared outside of the company that collects the data. So you have the the, the let's say the machine collects the data. It goes to the usually it's uh, it's the the, the tractors company uh, that uh, has that collects the data and, and that can do that can provide services on top of them. Uh, sometimes it's, it's third parties, uh, but usually this data stays in, in silos because uh, there there's mostly two issues. But because there is a lack of trust, I mean I don't want to put my data somewhere else uh, if I don't know what's going to happen with it. Uh, and that's mostly, uh, yeah, it creates a, a trust issue because if I give my data to someone, you can sell it back to someone else. Uh, you can do whatever you want with it. Uh, and there are also uh, a lack of incentives to share the data. That is what I'm going to win if I share my, my data with such and such company or such and such person. Uh, and really the, the idea is that what we, what we provide is the right infrastructure to create the, the environment where everyone can trust each other uh, because the rules are on chain um, and they, they have the right incentives because all the business models also are on chain. And so it's, it, it creates this, uh, this uh, let's say, this enforcement of the rules uh, and this, the, the right incentives to, to, to uh, let's say, incentivize people to share their data sets with each other and create new knowledge because basically, when you combine multiple data sources, you have more robust uh, knowledge. You have more. You can have a higher diversity of, of applications if you share the data uh, with with other participants. And so this enables new value chains basically to exist. Um, maybe I can I can dive deeper into an example. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Let, let's talk about an example. Yeah. So uh, let's take uh, again the 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 infra, uh, agriculture because that's something we started in. Uh, we have a project that is based in, in Brittany, in the west of France. Uh, that's uh, a project that's called La Data est dans le Pré, which means the data is in the field. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, uh, the idea is that 
uh, farmers uh, want to do the calculation to find the, the fair price of their milk, uh, according to their cost, of course, but also to their environmental practices. And so, of course, if they have uh, better uh, environmental practices, their, their milk needs to be paid better by uh, the, the, the industry. And so, the, the, but to have this fair price, you need basically two things. You need the accounting data, and you also need the technical data about their practices. Because the accounting, you know how much fertilizer uh, they spend in the year, for example. Uh, they know uh, what uh, your cows are eating. As, are they grazing or are you buying some soy from, from Brazil? I mean, that's, that's something you can see in the accounting. And also the technical side, uh, uh, like how did you plow the, the soil, for example? Uh, to grow your maize or these kind of things. And if you combine these many data sets together uh, with an algorithm that is, in that case, developed by the French Institute of Research, of Research for Agronomy, that is INRAE, uh, you have the fair price. So that's, that's a, a new knowledge that has a lot of value that can be sold to the industry that needs to be compliant with the French legislation. Uh, but there's something, something very interesting once we started that project is that, yes, we have the fair price of the milk, but very quickly we realized, oh, with all these data sets, we can also do, do the calculation for carbon credits, for example. So anyone, so the, the farmers, they didn't need to do anything else. All the data was already shared according to, to the rules. And they just had to allow another algorithm provider to do the carbon credit calculation on top of their data. And so very easily, it created a new value chain, it created a, a new source of revenues for the farmers themselves. And according to, according to the rules also, they can decide which services are allowed to access the data. And of course, the accounting company don't exchange and provide the data with the, with the uh, uh, technical company, with the, the Cooperative, so you don't have to expose your data sets to the other participants. You just you keep it for yourself, and you you keep the data where it already is. You just reference it in the blockchain, make it available to algorithms that you have agreed on, and then uh, uh, let the, the value flow. Interesting. So. Can you elaborate on the role of the governance mechanisms that you guys are building? And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about like technically how that's implemented with the Cosmos SDK. But uh, I'm, I'm curious as to, you know, if we take this example, I think this is a good example that we should stay on. Um, what types of governance rules can exist that OKP4 allows? And, you know, I, I think like one, one question that I have is, because because data is um, so so data can be copied, you know, as many as many times as you want, and and it still holds value. Once you access data, you have the ability to copy that data and potentially exploit that data outside of a system. Um, and, and I understand that OKP four provides the governance mechanisms to allow certain you know entities or participants to look at data but how is that practically enforced when data can be can just be you know copied right like 
it's not like an NFT where there is a tangible, so there is like a, um, an intrinsic value to having uh, the on-chain attestation that this piece of information exists at a certain point on chain. The data can be used off-chain and can be copied. Uh, I don't know if, if that's clear, but I'm sort of trying to understand how OKP4 prevents data theft. Yeah. If if it does, yeah. Or how does it, how does yeah. it deal with that question? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, so there's two questions. There is, there are the the rules you mentioned, and uh, what happens if someone breaks the rule, or is it even possible to prevent data to be leaked uh, or to be used by someone who has access to it? Um, so regarding the so. Maybe the rules we'll see later when we go deeper into the infrastructure. Um, but regarding the rules, um, we are dealing with the off-chain world, basically. So that's very complicated uh, when we think about blockchains that are kind of siloed systems uh, where if you want to interact with uh, the, the outside world, uh, you need oracles and you, you may have some, some issues um, I think that's that's issues that are common in, in other systems that deal with uh, with uh, the off-chain world, like like storage, decentralized storage, or decentralized computation. Um, you need to make sure through the mechanisms you define and that the the game theory is right. There, that's the first thing. So you need to provide the right incentives uh, for, in this case, especially the service provider who are providing the, for example, the the algorithm and the infrastructure. These guys, they will have access to the data uh, because they are processing it. So if there is kind of a backdoor or if they want to collect the data that comes in, they can do it. Basically, no, nothing technically can prevent them to do it. So there is a first. Uh, so we as, as builders, we need, of course, to, to think about that. Uh, and there is a, the first layer that is, that is the game theory that you, you, you create systems like reputation system like like staking mechanisms uh, with the possibility to 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 slash the let's say the, the stake of the of the service provider if they are if they are doing something wrong you, you create these mechanisms but of course it, it doesn't do anything i mean as a, as a new service provider uh, i may uh, i may describe my service as a as a as something and and it's it's not really the case so I mean, we, 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 that's where also uh, comes into the play. You, uh, you, uh, you can have audits for third, from third parties, for example. Um, and you can also use and share technologies that are privacy preser preserving because the, the infrastructure we built is, is very uh, neutral and agnostic in terms of what you can share. And you can even share uh, like uh, ZK-based services or multi-party computation services, you, you can make that mandatory in the rules uh, that you use such services in within that zone. So if you so basically we are creating the right environment for developers to do what they want and to let any kind of data and services and interact with each other. Um, but within that rules, you can you can define specifically what kind of services uh, are allowed or not. How easy is it for developers or so parties that own data to build their own data space or, or zone uh, in uh, in OKP4? So there is two ways. 
to 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 create a zone and to to share the resources uh you can do it do it basically through through the the code like uh, the terminal we provide the the sdk the right tools to do that um so you have within the okp4 sdk you have all the connectors to connect your for example your existing cloud provider like aws or azure or, or whatever uh, or if you want to use decentralized computation you can also do it we we're building the connectors um, and and so that's uh, regarding the the sharing part uh, and um, and and so when when you want to utilize uh, sorry what was the question again i'm sorry Oh yeah, it was. Uh, how, how easy is it for for developers to yeah. to implement their their data set on on OKP four? Yeah, yeah. So as I mentioned, the first the first option is to is to do it uh, through the code and the connectors. Second option is using the interfaces that we've designed. So we're we're building many no code interfaces to enable anyone to share their data very easily, uh, to to share their services very easily. And to create also the workflows, because once you have the data and the services, there is, that's the provider side. And on the consumer side, uh, you create the workflows where you mix the data and the services with each other uh, to, to create uh, or, to, or to fuel the application you want. And so that's uh, the, the no-code interfaces. Uh, that's something that, uh, that we are heavily working on. And that's something also that we will announce in the in the during the Nebula Summit, so uh, during the product uh, workshop, uh, product uh, yeah workshop, and um, and yeah, it's, it's the same for the zones. Uh, the zones, the rules, uh, you can define them through the interfaces. So we're we're really working on on these two levels: the protocol itself uh, with the right modules and smart contracts, basically, and also the interfaces. Uh, it, it, there will be many interfaces in the future. But the first, the first one we're providing is this portal uh, that enables, uh, in a no-code way, to, to create the zones and to provide the data and services and to consume consume them. Cool. I'd like to get to the protocol a little bit. In, in the documentation in your white paper, you talk about this concept of ontology. I thought that was a really interesting idea that I guess existing, you know, sort of systems design or, or data structure design. And uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about like what what is this concept of ontology? Could you walk us through what this looks like and and how it relates to what you guys are building? You're muted. Sorry, ontology is a concept that's uh, that was uh, used by our CTO uh, Chris, uh, who who designed most of the most of the things. Uh, but it's uh, let's say an ontology is a is a is a formal and structured representation of all the concepts, the relationships, um, and the properties. So you have you have let's say you have all the objects, uh, the, the data sets, the algorithms, uh, all the resources basically that are shared, uh, and you have all the relationship within them. So for example, each data has its metadata described. So what kind of data is, is it? Uh, what, uh, what, uh, what is its, its purpose, its size? Uh, where does it come from? I mean, it, it's described on chain. Uh, and attached to the data, you have also the consents, uh, the rights to use it. Uh, and uh, inter interlapped with that, you have also the, the different rules of the zones. And so the, the ontology, let's say it's a representation of all of that, that we call the dataverse. 
uh, and the dataverse is all the combination of all the resources and the rules attached to it. Uh, and so that's one way to represent it. Uh, we have, we have uh, defined uh, a standard, let's say, for, for our protocol to uh, a standard for uh, to make the ontology as customizable as possible and to make it expand as much as possible. Uh, so it's it's very let's say low level uh, standard uh, in in the terms of uh, requirements, uh, and it can grow exponentially. Uh, uh, and every data and every algorithm can be understandable through the ontology because of all the relationships. Uh, this uh, data and algorithm has with each other. And how do they? How does the ontology ensure consistency and coherence of the of the say like the knowledge contained within it within OKP four? So uh, there is two kind of knowledge. There is what's on chain and what's off chain. So the the ontology is. Uh, is completely can be that can be derived from the blockchain itself. So all the ontology, all the rules, and all the metadata are on chain, and so basically it's a blockchain. So you can't change it unilaterally. Uh, you you have this ontology that can just uh, uh, just expand in some ways, or if you want to remove some some rules, you 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 have to you have to to touch the the smart contract that's called the lowstone. And that is only a stone. So you 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 just you can only break the stone and remove something, remove some rules from the ontology, uh, and you can you can only add new things uh, if you have the right to do so. Uh, but usually, if you if you put very low uh, level of uh, of rules, you have the right to do so. Uh, but yeah, your your this consistency is uh, is basically uh, leveraged and enabled by the blockchain. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the the some of the technical aspects here. So you guys are building on the Cosmos SDK. Um, you know, what, what's the reasoning behind this choice, and what benefits does Cosmos SDK bring to the project? And yeah, then I'd like to get into some of the modules that you guys are. I, yeah. I believe you're building custom modules as well. So let's let's get into that a bit. Yeah. So the choice of Cosmos, uh, we we've made it in in 2021. Um, after the first use cases uh, were brought to the table, uh, we were we studied few options. Uh, some of them at the time were uh, Polkadot parachains or Avalanche subnets. Uh, that's the option we've uh, we've considered. But for many reasons, uh, I mean, for for the independence of of, of decisions uh, to to move at our own speed to customize the chain as much as we want, uh, Cosmos was the was the the obvious choice. Uh, we can ask anything to to our validators, from the software to the to the hardware. Um, you can create many synergies with the ecosystem, and that's something really huge for us because we're, as we are building a governance infrastructure, we 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 need to leverage other ecosystems uh, that can provide decentralized compute or storage uh, or or anything. And and IBC uh, and the vision for IBC is is really that. Uh, and the same for Cosmos uh, to to create this uh, Internet of Blockchain in some sense, um, and also let's say the yeah so that's most of the reasons and many things can be done uh, through Cosmos uh, from I don't know like uh, 
like mempool encryption or native oracles or many things that that create uh, the perfect environment for us to to design uh, the the right infrastructure because it's as you understand it's it's very customized it's pretty new uh, it's it's also pretty experimental so the fact that you have a kind of in governance intensive chain uh, with uh, with uh, token holders who have uh, uh, let's say uh, most of the power and can do votes at the very low level uh, very often is something that is that is great and you can't do anywhere else because if you, if you want to do an upgrade on ethereum that's a, that's a bit tricky and yeah it yeah. makes sense i mean i think for for a platform like for a project that is building such a um you know a a project with such a broad vision but also i mean it really it's really a platform i mean the the, the way i'm understanding okp4 more and more is that it is a space where people are going to be able to build all sorts of applications on top and um to have that sovereignty as a cosmos chain i think like makes a lot of sense um talk about some of the modules that you guys are building and how they relate to the project So yeah, most most of the designs are in the the combination of the the modules and the and the smart contracts. Um, what's the, the, there is one core module that is custom is customized in OKP4 that is the the logic module. So this is the one that uh, that enable any rule to be defined, and this is the one that is questioned when uh, a rule needs to be enforced, and so. This is something that it is very elegant design that uh, that uh, that came out of the CTO's mind. Uh, but it's uh, we are using um, a domain-specific language uh, to enable these rules, uh, and that's uh, that's Prolog. So Prolog is a is a language from the 1970s uh, that is very specifically designed to do programming. Uh, logic language, so prolog, uh, and this allows to, de to define uh, basically relationship between uh, uh, what we call uh, objects through predicates. So you you define the rules and you define the facts, uh, and that's a, that's a predicate. And that's not huge. That's not that's not used uh, that much in crypto. Uh, I, I think I've only seen um, one guy that is Christopher Goes uh, that now works at uh, Anoma. Uh, and I think it's the only one that I've seen building something with Prolog. Uh, so Anoma is are using Prolog for their intent-centric uh, uh, technology. Um, and, uh, and yeah, basically, it's a, there was also a fun example on Twitter that using Prolog, if you want to, to create a Sudoku solver, uh, you can do it in C++ or Python or Go with 100 lines of code. But with Prolog, you only need, you only need three lines of code because you define the rules, and then you have the Sudoku solver, and so that's a that's a very powerful and I think very niche language, but perfect for for what we want to do. And so the module logic, the logic module, sorry, is a as a Prolog interpreter in it. And so then you have all the smart contracts, and the smart contracts mostly it's a, it enables to to do the representation to do the ontology as explained earlier uh, so you 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 can through the smart contracts you can change uh, the data sets you can put new data sets uh, or algorithms uh, or any resource basically 
and you can make the ontology evolve. Uh, so that's the second part. Uh, you have all the smart contracts related to the ontology in the dataverse. And the third part is the execution. So you have, let's say, it's, uh, it's very important to make sure that all the rules are respected and to make sure that uh, all the, the, the agreements and the value flows uh, within the ecosystem. Uh, you can have very complex workflows with hundreds of, uh, hundred of providers. We need to make sure that all of them are doing their work, that the data is still available off-chain, that, uh, that the, the computation is done in the right way. And so there is also this escrow mechanism to make sure that all the off-chain execution is done properly, and then the, the value flows to all the providers. Uh, so that's the third part of the smart contracts. So you're leveraging Cosmwasm then to build all the custom logic? Yeah, all the, all the smart contracts are, are using Cosmosm. Um, we have also this, uh, yeah, the vision to, to leverage inter-chain queries, inter-chain accounts, uh, to, to really uh, create uh, new synergies, uh, especially involving the, the real world uh, through ABC and through Cosmosm. Uh, I mean, today we're, we're, we're really just starting the discussions with, uh, with other protocol because we, we were we, we need more maturity, but now it's getting, it's getting good. Uh, and so, yeah, definitely we'll have some synergies with, with Akash, with Checked, with Kive, with, uh, with Juno, Neutron, with Secret Network. I mean, there is many things to build and, and that's pretty good. So how are you gonna be leveraging um, interchain queries and interchain accounts? Can you maybe, you know, in, in some time when OKP4 is launched and there's integrations with other chains, you know, what would like an application that's using OKP4 cross-chain kind of look like? Yeah, so an application uh, can leverage, I mean, the, the, the vision is like you, it's seamless for the end user. Uh, and so the application has embedded all the mechanism to do the, the multi-chain uh, environment mechanisms. So if you want to, so whenever you create, uh, for example, a, a new data set uh, through, a, through a workflow, maybe you want it to go uh, to be automatically stored in, in Kive, for example. And so you, you, you create the, the transaction is done in, in OKP4, but it, it also, um, it also uh, interacts with a smart contract in Kive and, 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 the, and the thing happens. Same for, for example, secret network. Uh, some things can't be stored on chain, uh, especially secrets, right? To to, to do some yeah. to, to access some some data sets that you you yeah, that are specifically, or if if you don't want to trust any intermediary to do the to do the access mechanism, uh, you want you, you can do it through secret network and have the, the right encryption key for for example, or, and then to let the the, the data be be available. Uh, so the, that's also something that that uh, is very interesting, and I mean it's infinite. So I, I, I talked a lot about the infrastructure, but also on the use case side, uh, maybe we can we can leverage some some data sets that are enabled by other marketplaces uh, or or other networks for data. Uh, some of them are are coming. I don't know, like like Fetch AI or Mediblock, or these these guys are also doing some some use cases in some ways. And we, we, we are the platform with the, the blockchain to make all these guys talk with each other in some ways through the governance uh, that, is, that is enforced in OKP4.
Very cool. Um, yeah, do you, do you want to talk about the token a little bit? Yeah, so the token is a, it's a, so it's layer one token, so it's a fee token. Uh, it, it can so be, be used for staking. Uh, it can, it's used for governance also. Um, and it's, a, it's a, yeah, it, it, it mostly has also used as a as default payment mechanism within the ecosystem. Uh, so uh, data and service providers are retributed using the token and the consumers pay using the token. Uh, within a, a zone, uh, they they can, I mean, that's something that will come in the future, but they, if they want to use another currency, they can do it. That's something that we will enable. Um, but what what we want to bring, uh, let's say the, the, the value capture mechanism for the token is that on the workflows that are initiated, uh, you have, a, a, let's say, a 2% fees that is redirected to the token holders and to the foundation, so the OKP4 foundation. So you have, you have two-thirds that, uh, that are going to, to the token holders uh, in a way that, that they'll decide, basically, if they want to burn the tokens, if they want to put it in, in the community pool. I mean, that's a, that's a mechanism that, uh, that, is a, that, that we're preparing and that uh, they, can, they can decide. I mean, once the mainnet is launched, uh, we can only do propositions, right? Hmm. And uh, do you have any, like, I mean, it's interesting that you guys are building like a data governance platform and you are also, you know, a, a layer one blockchain with, with governance. Um, have you already made some progress in terms of uh, thinking about the governance of the blockchain itself? And because uh, you said earlier that um, that the goal is to remove the company as much as possible and have the, the chain sort of be self-governed, um, what's your vision there? Yeah, so it, the, uh, the OKP4 now is a, is a company based in France. Uh, we're right now setting up a foundation in Switzerland. Uh, and the foundation is, has a vision to, be, uh, to become as much uh, I mean, decentralize or represent the community as much as possible. Uh, in the first two years, the 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 company and the the, the founding team will be uh, part of one of the uh, college uh, of the foundation. There are there are three colleges: one for for validators that will be elected, uh, one for uh, let's say advisors or more connected to the community, and one of the founders. That's only for two years. Then the community will become bigger and bigger as the years goes on. So the, the, the community will elect their representatives for, for the foundation. And it, it will be the, these both uh, entities, let's say the DAO or the, the, the blockchain governance uh, and the foundation that will, that will mostly lead the, the, the decisions. Uh, the foundation will not vote uh, on the proposals that are on off chain, but they can they can uh, they can say what they think of the proposal, but the foundation is not supposed to vote. Uh, so we, we want to, and the company uh, I forgot to mention will change its name and will be uh, let's say the the developing arm uh, and the B two B arm for for the foundation. And so the, the company will, will be completely removed for, from any kind of governance. It will just say what the foundation uh, decide for the company. And, and, uh, and actually, we have a, a two-year contract from the company to the foundation. But then if the foundation don't want to deal with the company anymore, they can do it. 
So it's it's uh, let's say we're we're uh, in the next uh, two years following the mainnet. Uh, it will still be kind of close to to the, to the founding team, uh, but as time goes on, uh, the 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 network will will do its thing and and can decide uh, by itself as much as possible and in the most transparent way because. You know, we've we've seen many things, uh, especially I mean, in Cosmos and everywhere, in crypto, that uh, the lack of tra transparency it can can kill a project. So. Yeah, of course. I mean, this is always a huge risk with any blockchain. Um, yeah, looking at um, a little bit at the product roadmap, what kind of future developments and improvements are planned for OKP four and I know you guys have this really nice roadmap on the website with like all of the steps. Um, what's uh, what's what can people expect from OKP4 like in the coming months? Yeah, so right now we we just uh, we are just starting the the last phase of our incentivized program for validators. So that's uh, mostly most of the work is already done on the validator side. Uh, the program is called Nemeton, and it was mostly to, to test the technology, to test the modules, to test the smart contracts. Uh, now we're getting ready on that side. So we are opening the builders program. Uh, that is, as I said, it's for builders. So it's, uh, it's for people who want to, to build on OKP4. Uh, this will start in the, uh, in the 15th of June, uh, so in, in uh, less than a month. Uh, and this, this builders program will be in, in, in different steps, but first there will be some onboarding. Uh, then there will be the ability for builders to, to, to build specific components. So for example, if they want to design new governance rules, uh, they, can, they can do it. If they want to create new connectors for the off-chain world for a specific uh, cloud providers, for example, they can do it. If they want to work more on identity, or on business models, they can do it. So it's it's like what we call components. So some small aspects of the protocol, uh, sometimes not that small, but uh, it's it. Uh, and then the third phase will be for them to create applications. So mostly it will be proof of concepts. Uh, but by the by the let's say the, the middle of the summer, they will will start to to incentivize them to to create proof of concepts. Uh, we have many hackathons and hacker rooms uh, coming in the next uh, few months uh, in the in the events in, in the physical way and, and so on in the in the online way uh, we will uh, of course uh, do some animation and, and Q a and, and many things to to help the builders create things that are that are relevant uh, so this this builders program we have two percent of the token supply dedicated for developers uh, and it's mostly the opportunity for 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 them to learn about the project, uh, learn about the tech mostly, uh, and uh, and uh, be the first in line when before the mainnet launch, uh, because of course the the foundation then will uh, will will take uh, the the relay and will uh, will will do grants and and incentives for developer to do uh, more bigger applications uh, based on on data and services that are shared by participants. So the yeah yeah so the yeah maybe the the, the mainnet is a uh, is uh, scheduled uh, around the, the end of the year it will depend of uh, market conditions and, and many things but that's the that's the plan uh, and um, and uh, and yeah before that I mean there is this uh, builders program for developers in the meantime we're also working on on many partnerships on the on the b2b side um, with uh, with uh, huge businesses. 
uh, in, uh, in Europe uh, a lot, uh, but also in the world. Uh, and with this idea to, to kickstart the, the, the mainnet with, uh, with cool use cases uh, on, the, on the crypto side for, for crypto natives, but also on the more B2B traditional side um, with the, the company that will also help onboard uh, these, uh, these other companies especially through the legal and, and financial stuff, because it's never easy to interact with blockchains for them. So the company will also has its, its, this role. Yeah, th that's one of the things I think is quite interesting about the way you guys are structuring this is that there is an entity that does business development and that, uh, uh, that is meant to you know, facilitate uh, onboarding of, of OKP4 by, you know, mostly like enterprise clients, I think, or, or you know, like medium to large size business, large size businesses, um, are, are what what kinds of use cases or applications uh, when, when speaking with you know customers today? What what kinds of things are people excited about building on OKP four that you're seeing out there? Yeah, so there's a there's a, there's a few things uh, mostly on on the B two B side. Uh, today we we already have a, a few projects, uh, around eight of them, uh, in in different fields from agriculture to logistics, uh, to space of the observation. I mean, these are the kind of use cases that we have, uh, and and that uh, that are uh, right now being transferred in, in the testnet. So they were working outside of the crypto world in Nara. They are they are going into the testnet and and being tested. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and on the, but of course we will we, we'll continue these partnerships and with uh, and this experimentation with uh, with uh, many companies. But you know it takes some time. Sometimes it can be a few months for companies to to decide to to do something and what to do. So that's uh, that's one strategy. Uh, the the other one is uh, mostly in, in the crypto world. Uh, we have uh, there are many potential uh, of application. But for example. Uh, you have one thing that is uh, today called like a proof of uh, physical work. Like this is, uh, for example, uh, Helium is doing a decentralized uh, wireless network. Uh, this is uh, through physical objects. Uh, some yeah. some other project are doing like like I don't know. Hive Mapper is doing some mapping that is decentralized that is that is done by users and users are incentivized to to capture uh, pictures and, and videos basically. Um, uh, uh, through 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 cameras, uh, you have a demo that does, uh, for example, connect connectivity data with your vehicle, and so you have this network basically that that uses the token as an incentive to uh, capture data sets. So that's uh, that's uh, something that that uh, can be done, but it with OK before it goes beyond that because once you have captured the data, you want it to to interact with maybe other data sets, maybe data sets that, that can be private uh, and, and or sensible and that are shared uh, by companies that, that don't want the, their data to be open, open sourced or, 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 or this kind of thing. So, so it creates, let's say, new opportunities uh, for this kind of networks to emerge uh, and make it very, very easy, easy for developers to create uh, this kind of, of, uh, of networks. But also create new use cases uh, through that. Um, one, one also thing, another thing that uh, excites uh, some some developers is this idea to to do like kind of a, a AI DAO. So like you you have 
a network of participants within the zone that have, of course, their, their custom governance token uh, and are incentivized to train an algorithm, a model. Uh, and then once the model is, is uh, trained, they can, uh, what they can do is the, through token, they can, they can decide what to do with it. Uh, so from the business model to, to who has access to, to it and uh, for, for what for, or do they want to make it uh, open source or not? I mean, they can, they can uh, collectively decide uh, to what they want to do with it. And they can collectively incentivize people to train that algorithm according to the rules that they define. So what the data should be structured and, and what are, who has the right to, 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 to train it. Uh, I mean, all the rules that they defined. One of the things I'm hearing here is, is that the, there seems to be like a lot of different use cases and, and a lot of types of applications that, um, that you guys are anticipating people will use OKP for, for, um, do, do you think that, um, that might be also a challenge? Uh, I mean, in, in my experience that, that, you know, I, previous business I was, I was building where we were, um, we were building, you know, platforms for, for people to, um, to collaborate around information. You know, this was earlier in the years of blockchain, but one, one of the biggest challenges we had was finding, you know, a, a, a real kind of go-to-market, right, strategy and, um, and a use case that would allow us to, um, uh, to really uh, sort of excel as a business. You know, do you think this, this is going to be a challenge or, or, or are, you, are you looking for like a more, you know, refined, uh, go-to-market strategy, or do you think that OKP4 should just be like an open platform and anybody should sort of be able to build whatever they want on it? Yeah, so the, the vision really is to, is to make the platform as, as open as possible. Uh, I mean, in a, in a similar way that, uh, for example, DYDX is, is only doing open source code, uh, the infrastructure, they don't even do uh, the, the interface, they, they let others do that, they just uh, build the the, the right infrastructure, and then anyone can build on top of it. Um, you have also, I mean, uh, the last one, two years, uh, you have uh, synthetics that uh, kind of did kind of a, a pivot and started to be really B2B. Uh, they, like they, they, they started, uh, I mean, other projects came building on, on, on synthetics, like for perpetuals, uh, uh, like Quenta or options like, uh, yeah, like Lira, uh, I mean, there is even sports betting on synthetics. Uh, there, there is like 30 or 40 projects leveraging uh, synthetics, and and it's it seems that this, this pivot is uh, is really powerful, uh, and and that it creates a, a, a nice network effect. Uh, and definitely, it's going to be a challenge. But I mean, we are the first to provide these new preventives for builders to to work with uh, and to have fun with it. So that's a that's a bet. But uh, basically, it's a I mean, we, we really believe that once the hurdle, uh, I mean, once there will, there will be the first successful use cases that are initiated by the community now, either in the builders program or uh, the, the company itself uh, with the company, uh, I mean, with other B2B projects and, and ecosystems. Once we have the first use cases, uh, I think it will initiate this, this network effect and, and incentivize new builders to come. And to and to and to develop on top of it. So that's that's a bet, but we're pretty confident. Great. Well, b before we wrap up, uh, why don't you uh, 
Uh, you, you guys are going to be at, at Nebula Summit. Uh, you're also sponsoring the event. So yeah, really happy to have you guys as a sponsor. Um, and you'll be giving a technical workshop. You mentioned briefly earlier, um, give people a sense of what they can expect from you guys at Nebula this year. Yeah, so for us, it's the it's really the the first events we're doing uh, uh, in the in the Cosmos of Cosystem. So that's uh, let's say the get, getting out of stealth. Uh, now the the community will uh, will become bigger and bigger. Uh, it's it's mostly the opportunity to show what we've been building, uh, because it's it, it, let's be honest, it's the, it's pretty complicated topic. Uh, it's pretty new also, and people are often. Uh, confusing what we're doing with with other things like you know storage of data or marketplaces or it's it's uh, so for us let's say the main goal is to make it as as easy as possible for anyone to understand what the value proposition is uh and to and to do the announcements uh of of what's coming so we have a lot of things from from the product to the partnerships uh that that will be announced there and uh, and yeah that's that's uh, that's something that uh, I, I invite anyone to, to to come and to because there will be surprises. Amazing! Well, I love a good surprise. Um, Theo, thanks for uh, coming on the podcast today and uh, sharing the vision for OKP four and explaining how it works. And uh, and certainly we'll uh, we'll be able to do this again. I think in the future. Uh, as uh, as things evolve and when the network launches, I'm really excited to see people start building on it. Thank you, Seb. Thank you so much.